Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week we cover business topics to help you grow your full-time business or your side hustle. We'll also bring you interviews from a variety of people winning in their space to share valuable business insights and life lessons. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a full-time content creator running FixThisBuildThat.com, and my co-host John Malecki runs a full-time furniture company and his content site, JohnMalecki.com. We've been growing our successful businesses online, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 125. Uh, We are in the midst of an unprecedented time in our economy with the coronavirus and COVID-19 putting us on lockdown and shutting the doors of countless business businesses and affecting all of us. So we don't know exactly where this thing is going, but we thought it was a great chance to talk about getting scrappy when times are tough and how to survive this downturn because we are all going to be impacted in some shape, form, or fashion. But before we do get into it, we wanted to thank our new members that joined the MFP Patron Tribe this week. We had Project Build Stuff and Philgate and Kuhn Fabrications. You can head over to patreon.com forward slash made for profit if you want to join the made for profit tribe and get access to the after show in our patron only Facebook group. So, John, I'm so glad. I mean, the the funniest part, I mean, there's not much funny about this, obviously, but the funniest part about it was like, and I I didn't go and look at it. Like, where did like Corona come from? I mean, I, I think Bud Light virus would have been way more catchy. It would definitely would have. I mean, I got super confused early. I went out, <laughs> bought a bunch of limes. I thought we were having a party. Um, <laughs> Correct. But I, yeah, I, I actually have no idea what like the entomology. Oh, did you? What What would you find? And sort of uh, like I, it has something to do. In all honest, it makes you furious. This whole thing is so preventable. It make you furious. So, oh, he's like a guy licked a pig or a monkey or something. Basically, because uh, the, the 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 there's these wet markets in China, right? And they are just like the most rancid, wide open, cesspool, disease ridden, awful places on on the planet. And uh, in and so basically, they it's an open market where they have um, animals stacked on top of each other in cages, and they defecate and get sick and blah mm-hmm. blah, and it just yes, trickles yes. down, and then they. They, they slaughter the animals like on site and then you take it home and you consume it. And this yes. is completely cool with the <laughs> Chinese government. And you're just <laughs> like, like <laughs> what? So I've it's actually, been- I believe, I believe it's a strand of this, like, I don't know, the SARS virus or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and that, that, the, I, don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. But it's something, it's along and those same lines. The COVID-19 is based in 2019 when it was found in COVID. And uh, ah. like, and so uh, the... Probably some bro like heard it and he's like, COVID, Corona, man. And they're like, yeah, let's just roll There was a reason they used Corona. But anyway, it's just been the literal most ridiculous few weeks i've ever i've ever experienced as an adult now that goes that that goes with saying that in 2008 i was still in college and i distinctly remember when the markets crashed my my best friend called me he goes dude this is historic and i'm like i'm just walking out of practice what are you talking about he's like biggest crash in the history uh in stock market since blah blah and i was like you think I care, dude? We got to go out here and beat <laughs> NC State this week. Like, I don't have a penny in the stock market. I don't got a dollar to my name. And uh, 
now we're looking at this situation and it it is it's incredible man like with the the dow was down 3000 points today closed after like legit being open for 30 seconds uh yeah, for, it's for, for sloppy out there yeah because they put the they put the guardrails on it now and they yeah they shut it for 15 minutes if there's more than like an eight percent uh, downturn yeah. some, something along those oh, lines 12 percent it's today. hit it like it hasn't hit it <laughs> in a long time and then it's hit it twice in the last week bananas um yeah just just craziness so that that's that's basically coming with um with panic. So uh, essentially like we don't, we're not financiers and we're not on like experts here with what's going on, but um, we do live in a global economy and that global economy is affected globally. Crazy. <laughs> Funny how that works. <laughs> <laughs> so when China shut its doors and literally tried to cut off the virus from spreading, it just sent a domino effect across the world. Um, and that in basic terms. And so with that, even before, um, what we're seeing in the actual like quarantining of the country is uh, is like the the financial aspect of it. And so quickly diving into it is uh, essentially like, you know, an easy way to understand this. And for me, being extremely simple, uh, kind of how I understand it is that um, there's a there's a scare in the market considering what's happening with global trade and everything uh, becoming more volatile because of this sickness and uh, because of the, the, the coronavirus and um, it's causing, you know, panic. And so people are selling, uh, selling stocks. There's a lot of people pulling their money out. A lot of people losing uh, their, their faith within governments and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's causing a lot of swings um, like Friday was a massive upward swing, and then today ridiculous. Right. Uh, yesterday, the government that- the government dropped interest rates to zero percent for the for banks, um, and yeah. so like trying to re-stimulate the seventy billion dollars, it is literally just a a I, I, I'm I would curse normally right now, but it is a <laughs> conundrum, like a conundrum, right? It is crazy because the uh, like because like you said, we we've never seen this before, and and you know part of the I used to play in the stock market quite a bit, but uh, I haven't in quite some time. But uh, and I'm much older than you, so I've <laughs> back when I back when I had a, a day job in early early 2000s. I was all about the stock market and listened to Jim Cramer every day when, oh, yeah. when he first came on the scene and Mad Money and all that good stuff. Uh, but, but the biggest thing, just for me looking at it now and saying like, oh gosh, what's going on? I, I think you know there is a lot of fear. But uh, I think what's really driving the financials, too, is like you think about it, is um, obviously, so all stocks are priced on future expectations. That's just how it works. Future earnings, future expectations. And so now for any service-based industry, uh, you immediately know that all these people are losing money. And so, you know, that's where we're, we're going to tie in here to how does this affect us as makers? But same thing. So like anybody who runs any type of service industry where you're bringing people, whether it's restaurant, you know, all the bars in Nashville are now closed. And just to, uh, just for reference here, uh, we are recording on March 16th. And so this won't come out until the 23rd. So who knows what's going to be going on by then. Mm. <laughs> uh, but this is March 16th that we're talking about today. So if some of this sounds a little weird. Um, but yeah, they, they just closed all the bars in Nashville, uh, which you know, it was really funny because the, like the owner of Tootsie's was like, this is unconstitutional. I will not stand for it. <laughs> it's like, well, well mm. the health department is shutting you down. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like not, uh, I you love know, whatever. Tootsies. 
but Tootsie's is pretty awesome. Uh, but but yeah, that that's the thing is like you have all these these industries that are so reliant. You know, airline industries. My oh. gosh, like they are getting Crushed. annihilated, right? So just everybody, if you think of uh, you know car rentals, like anybody who's has anything to do with travel or dining or any of that, all the cruise lines, Disney's closed down, like et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so what happens is that immediately uh, the pundits start trying to figure out and the analysts start trying to figure out how is this going to affect their bottom line in whatever quarter they're in f- financially. Most people are at the end of their first quarter right now. Mm. And so earnings season's coming up and all this stuff. And so it's just like nobody knows what's going to happen. Uh, and then on the flip side, you got people like Walmart, Amazon, uh, you know, Kroger, all the grocery stores who like are literally bare because everybody's buying everything. So their finances are going to be through the roof on the other end. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's wild. It, it is, is absolutely crazy. It was insane. And, and, and then on the, on the back end, you have us, yep. right? You have, you have the small the makers. Owners. Yeah. The small business owners. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that people, so for one thing, the first thing you have to know, the first thing you have to know is that when people get scared, uh, the first thing most people do is is close their wallet, right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to bring everything in, like control everything, cut off any financial obligations that they haven't already committed or like put the money in and, and kind of wait and see, right? And I, and I think that's where, you know, hopefully a lot of, uh, a lot of you guys and gals out there have, um, if you're doing work for people, you've got solid contracts in place that are going to be honored, uh, but you know, like, I, I don't know what, were you, I guess you weren't doing any, any business, uh, at the end of 2008, like you said, but, uh, you did, did you have anything like that when you were building, you know, heavily and doing commission work where there were some bad times and people just started like bailing out? Did you ever experience anything like that? Yeah. I mean, so you're going to find, uh, very common in small businesses for people to get money promised to them in some one way or another, you know, oh, someone was going to lend me this and that, and they go spend it before they have it kind of thing. Um, and you could look at this in a similar fashion and, and along the same lines, you know, that's also why we harp, you know, you should have some contracts in place. You should definitely be doing diligence to the prof- the professionalism aspect of your business and, and making sure that you're putting things on paper. You're not just doing handshake deals for money. And you're, and this is also another reason um, that I personally don't like holding inventory. Uh, when you're holding inventory, yes. and you have high overhead, and you have and you have sunk costs and the things like materials. Um, yeah, your speed's going to slow down, but now you're holding on to a lot of stock for things that makes it very difficult to move when people close their wallets. So, in a similar situation, I, I've had a couple clients in the past that they lost their funding. Uh, they just ran out of money. In a remodel and a build out, something like that. Mostly businesses in these instances, and uh, and they like just literally couldn't pay. Um, so first thing you want to consider here is you don't want to you know, don't lose your mind. Like this is right. uh, this don't is an opportunity to build business and knock down their door. <laughs> yeah, this is an this is an opportunity to build some rapport. This is an opportunity to build the relationship and show your true value as a human being to your customer. Um, and I'm, and if you're a small shop, like you'll truly understand this. Um, so I, you know, what I've offered is like a payment plan. 
um, something in place that's on paper, that's signed and agreed upon. Um, and uh, and I would get some legal advice on this too uh, if uh, before diving into it. But uh, whether you can stretch the span of the build out out, um, excuse me. We know right now, for instance, that like a lot of the government regulations coming down are two, two to three weeks. Um, so if you want to push out your payments, uh, say you know you don't need to p- deposit till May first, or you don't need to deposit till blah blah, or you know, if I could take first payment on April 18th and second payment on May 10th or whatever, um, get it, just try to stretch out that that bruise or that that pain that your customer is going to experience uh, if, if it's a job that you you can't afford to lose either. And then get that on paper. Make sure that they're signed and agreed upon with both parties. Um, I wouldn't go the route of being notarized or anything like that, but uh, at least give yourself an opportunity to be in a in a winning situation when it comes to uh, if you have to go to court for anything like that. And that would be worst case scenario. Uh, no one likes that. It's not fun. That's that's the ugly side of business. But you got to protect yourself. And you also want that's an opportunity for you to be in a favorable light with that client. Right. Right. If, if you come, if you come at them and you right. try to work with them. Um, yeah. And you can start. Yeah. I mean, like there's you, always there's always hard times. And then on the back end. So that is something right to, to, to just hit off the first like you know the, the u.s is not going under like covid 19 is not gonna no. not gonna kill our economy it's right. gonna hit us super hard it's and, it's and more like businesses. a long winter compared to right. this blizzard everyone thinks it is winter is coming yes yeah i mean you might have you might have some businesses that actually do go under though yep. i mean businesses will go under like absolutely 100 percent. yeah because there are businesses at this moment or before this moment happened that were on the ropes right there there's businesses that are that are just barely getting by and then something like this comes in bam you're you're just toast uh and so you know that's that's a different part of it too and and hopefully as as the the business you're you're dealing with because john didn't you have somebody where uh and they just backed out and like let's let's go down that road for a minute so let's say i love what you're saying you know try to extend the payments so if somebody's on the books they haven't uh, you have a contract with them. They either haven't paid you fully. So if you have a contract, you should have gotten a down pause, down payment. Uh, so they haven't paid you fully. You are almost complete with the project. Uh, try to work that out. What about the, the flip side of it where you've got it built and they just, they're done. They're like, yo, we don't have a business anymore. Like we are, we are bankrupt. What do you do when you have that half payment and you have, you know, 75% plus of the work into the product? So you should have at least taken a 50% minimum deposit to cover your costs uh, as far as most of your overhead in manufacturing and your uh, and your fixed your fixed costs and your materials and stuff um, going into that job. Therefore, you're not taking a massive hit. Um, if a business goes under or an individual is no longer, they're not working and they're not capable of paying it and you can't get them on a plan, um, you're going to need to try to sell that. <laughs> like uh, you need to get that thing unloaded as fast as possible. If it's, I mean, this is like, this is the, the, it's crappy, but like if you ever watch the profit with Mark, Marcus Lemonis, when he walks into a business that's holding high inventory and overhead, the first thing he does is liquidate it because that cash is so much more valuable to keep a business running than holding potential earnings on inventory. If that makes sense. So yeah. for instance, you got a dining table, $5,000 product. You got 2000 2500 down or so. Um, the person doesn't have the remaining balance. You go, you sell that dining table for 1500 bucks. 
if I don't, who cares that would net you at uh, that for like a four thousand thirty five hundred four thousand dollars. You're only going to end up losing twenty percent on the job instead of that fifty or sixty percent, uh, and then it's not going to be depreciating and taking up space in your shop over time. So like you got to if you look at it like that, you're like if I can get that thing moved quickly, um, good to go. And I would definitely approach your projects like that. Now don't you know you need to be considerate that this is a completely different than also. Like if you're selling cutting boards, like if you, if someone backs out on a, on a, you know, a couple hundred dollar cutting board, like you can hold that. But if you build a custom hand, you know, half blind hand dovetailed, like, uh, I don't know, what are those chests with all the drawers in them or something like something that takes yeah, you like a Bombay to, chest. To, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of a, I'm thinking of like a map, map, like closet, oh, yeah, thing, yeah, like yeah. whatever those cool looking things. And it takes you forever. And it's like a $15,000 commission or something insane. You need to you need to realize that the, <laughs> not everyone has the same eye that this piece is potentially never going to sell, and you need to get as much money recouped back into the business as fast as you possibly can in order to sustain uh, and sustain running. Um, cash is king, and that's the that's the downside to small business. Uh, if you're running lean and you're running efficient and you're not in debt, uh, you've got to keep cash in the bank, and you got to be able to move quickly, and you've got to be able to move efficiently. And so that would be my advice if you're in that kind of situation. Um, just just based on my experience in the past, is you just got to eat that and take those learning experiences and move on with it. Um, super unfortunate, uh, and and you know the last recession lasted how long? You know, three years on the books, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you could easily see how you could be holding a dining table for three plus years just right. to make back an extra thousand bucks. It yeah. doesn't make any and sense. So much time right? is money, and, it, and I think you hit on it too, like justly, uh, is that that overhead and you know it depends upon how you're running your business. Like you're going to have the the two biggest things are going to be the cash flow, the capital tied up in it, and then the second thing is going to be the space because most people don't have um, extra space just to be chilling out with an extra coffee table or dining table or a set of cabinets or or whatever. So that, that's where you got to look at it. And, you know, do you want to hit on something? Because when you're dealing with individuals, if you're dealing with an individual and they've made a down payment, I, my guess is that somewhere out there, one of you listening uh, is is going to have somebody that comes and says, hey, man, I, like, I lost my job. You know, my dog is sick. And, and you know, like heaven forbid, they actually did have an, an actual loss in the family. And they might come back to you and say, hey, like, I need that money back. Like, you're not going to give me the table. I need the money back. Um, that's where back to John's comment, uh, you know, technically, contractually, uh, you know, the way that you should have a contract is it is a non-refundable deposit. If they back out, you keep the money. Uh, you know, times like this, that that becomes a judgment call. Again, it, it becomes a goodwill thing and it depends. And I think what John, you were saying really plays in is like, well, how unique is this thing? Was this thing custom made for that specific spot in their house that nobody else is going to buy this because, you know, it was this weird triangular piece that went specifically where they wanted it. Uh, or is it, you know, your standard coffee table or dining table that you think you can sell? So, so that is just something I also want to throw out there is that the way that you handle your business right now and that you handle these you know, conflicts and, and issues that are going to come up, uh, you know, that's going to also define the word of mouth in the future, right? So even if you give somebody, you know, you split the money with them, you do whatever. Hey, look, I'm going to try to liquidate this table. Uh, and, you know, what don't 
don't take it on the chin yourself. I wouldn't recommend. I mean, you know, you, you do what's right for you, but uh, if you are going to give somebody back their money, don't do it at your loss where they're completely whole and you are out of your time and labor. Right. So uh, I would think about it that way is that I know some people, uh, you know, you can get caught up in a, in a sob story or, or you could, you know, you can also write that off though, too, and say, you know, as a donation, whatever, there, there's lots of ways to skin it. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is that how you deal with a lot of these issues, that those are the type of things that like, when we come back, when that person comes back, like if you help them out in that situation, like they're going to be your biggest advocate. Right. And, and hopefully they get back on their feet, buy something from you later, but even more so they're going to be like, dude, this, this guy is like stand up guy, stand up gal. They helped me out when I was really down. Uh, so, you know, weigh that in there too. And because it's not just about the dollars and cents as far as like squeezing every last penny out of something because you are contractually, um, you know, right to do it. Now, you know, that there's there's a flip side to that too. Exactly. And you have to weigh the moral, uh, like the moral aspect of anything in business compared, like uh, <laughs> it's, there's so many moral questions when it comes to running any type of business, I should say that. But uh, I'm with Brad on that. Like, be a good person in the situation, um, and and do the best you can. Um, but do put your business first, right? N- don't put don't put your emotions first. Put the business first. Um, if people fall in hard times, you know that's you're 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 you know feeding your family, doing the same thing. Got to keep that in mind. Um, and and you can definitely work out those situations to for for both parties to win and to win long term as well. Um, so that's some, that's some great stuff there. Uh, another thing I want to touch on is sort of like in these situations, it's interesting. Uh, Brad and I were catching up for one minute before we hopped on the show. Cause we're recording later <laughs> than we normally do. And he was telling me that one of our buddies, their lumber provider has already shut down. So, um, you know, there's two sides to this in these situations is that those some really, really small side hustle mom and pa kind of operations are going to be looking for cash, which is great opportunities to buy things at a discount. And I, and I will say this with caution that recessions or downturns in economies are always opportunities for businesses, but you need to be smart and you need to make sure you are making moves with caution and not uh, just jumping on everything. Um, And that's, that's a one huge thing in the real estate market and long-term investing. Uh, But in these situations, you know, for you to go to a lumber mill or someone that's hustling on the side that needs to, you could get some really discounted, say, materials, um, you know, negotiating things like that. You can also find situations to where everyone can help each other. Um, and in, in that instance that I was just talking about, I would consider that a situation helping each other. You know, if someone's trying to make a few bucks on the side. Uh, and, and they need to offload some materials and you buy all of it instead of just a couple board feet or a couple logs or something. Um, you know, that's win-win for all, even if it's at a discounted price, cause it, we all have to kind of band together in these situations. So keep your eyes open for those kind of things. And also start to turn how your brain thinks with the opportunities you have in your own business, right? Uh, say you were, for instance, doing like highly ornamental CNC installation type projects and all of a sudden you find yourself struggling month to month because these massive businesses are trying to put their financials back in order and you were their go-to account for you know all their store build outs and they've got that on pause for six months and now you, you have a massive cash loss for something in your business. 
How can you use what you're doing already to facilitate similar work, not completely change your workflow and and pay the bills? Um, and I feel like that these in these times of difficulty is always where you have to get, you know, most uh, I, I guess uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Most creative, creative. creative That's scrappy. how late it is. Yeah. You got to get creative. <laughs> you got to get scrappy uh, and you got to figure out, you know, like if you've got a CNC in your shop um, and you can help, you know, other people flatten lumber or you can solicit service or rent time on that machine or sell, you know, vectored logos or doing just computer work around to see whatever, get creative. It might not be that end product for, for a little while, but having uh, skills and having machinery, you're going to have opportunity to figure out a way to get some quick cash injected into the business. And that's the kind of stuff that'll keep you afloat. Yeah. And the flip side of that too, is that, you know, you, you may have been trying to, you know, you may have needed the work uh, or needed the help because you had so much work that that's probably going to slack down a bit. But if you still have enough work to facilitate it, this could also be a great job, a great time to get some labor at a reduced rate, right? And I'm talking like, not like super skilled labor, not like you're, just, you know, going to, instead of paying a shop hand 50 bucks an hour, you're going to pay him 25. Like I'm talking about somebody to come in to do errands, like some people that need the money, right? So this might be a small business owner who, who is out of, you know, just got shuttered down or somebody that got laid off because they were, you know, their business was going down. All those things, like all these hourly workers that are working, that, that were working at, um, facilities like restaurants or businesses yeah. that paycheck sell food, paycheck. restaurants or businesses that sell food. One of those, uh, <laughs> that, uh, actually those two are probably <laughs> still going to be safe. The restaurant, but, but like the bars, the entertainment scenes, all that stuff, these people are going to be looking for work. And if you have work that, you know, sanding, picking up lumber, cleaning up shop, whatever you have, that yeah, might be a great opportunity. Deliveries, you Again, know, yeah, creative, to you. Maintenance on your vehicles, maintenance on your machines, you know. All uh, that stuff that John just said. Day. Yeah, is is like help somebody out, you know, bring them on for 15 bucks an hour and have them do some things for you on the back end. And, you know, another thing is my mind's churning on, you know, just what you're saying, John, like what can you, if you lose the work, always think of the skill set you have mm-hmm. and what else you can do because, and I always like to think about that when uh, in the real estate market, like you said, you know, when new homes are booming, that's like a whole different market. And then when when the economy tightens up, the things that tend to do well are more remodeling yep. because nobody's buying new homes. They're fixing up the homes they have. And so flip that around to commercial businesses instead of buying new tables like maybe now you go and you refinish and refurbish tables. Yep. Right. Is that something if you can't sell that business, you've already got all the equipment to do it that you can go in, grab some tables, refinish those and, and give that back. So what are those skill sets that you already have? If you can't sell your prime, your prime product, what are the things you are good at and skilled to do that would go into that, that you can do in a different way. And like things like refinishing, refurbishing, repair work uh, would be a great way, you know, going into the business and start, Oh, you, you don't want new tables. Well, Hey, I've, you know, like next time you're at a bar and it's like, you see some beat up tables, be like, dude, I know times are probably tough, but uh, I could redo these tops for, you know, whatever. You'd have to price that out. But that's another way to to think about the skills and the equipment you already have and how can you utilize that? I, d- I really dig that. And I, and, I, and I want everyone that's sitting there right now questioning this conversation to realize like hard times are a 
it's a it's a flip in your mindset. It's a change in your mentality. It's uh it's not so much a, a negative as an opportunity, right? You need it's like uh, when I've fallen on hard times in the past, I've always just kind of as as ironic and cheesy as it is, I've picked myself up on the bootstraps and just like put my hard hat on and gone to work kind of stuff. And that's how like I've always approached life. And I find when things are tough, that's always like the, the, the bar, right? That's always where you can fall back to. And that's how you need to walk into work or wake up every day in these situations is like, you know, this ain't, it's not going to be easy. You don't need to, you're going to need to work hard um, physically and mentally. The hours might pick up a little bit, but this is survival. Like you need to, if you really want this, you will find a way and you will find a way by getting by, by, you know, being creative, getting scrappy, uh, the, having ingenuity in what you're already doing um, and getting creative. It, it, these are, these are the best moments for it. Um, you might have to sell some stuff. You might have to downsize some stuff. If you were getting really expansive in one thing, like I love that you touched on refinishing. Um, I get contacted to do refinishing all the time. I can't tell you how many professional woodworkers um, started out refinishing stuff and they were picking up a lot of work in that world and then made enough cash to buy a tool or two to start their own shop and, and then go that route. Um, kind of reverse engineer that situation, right? People still need things refinished. Like there's still going to be repairs and stuff needed. Um, even if it is hard times, like that was a, that's a phenomenal thing. Painting, um, any type of, you know, usage of efficient, uh, machines is going to be phenomenal. Um, and then, and then I love how you touched on helping out other people, uh, and specifically helping out other people within the trades, right? When there's no money at the top, there's, it gets really hard in the middle. Um, and the, you know, the trades in the, in the, in the, in the, in like the entire uh, skilled environment is the, usually under, uh, I guess, unionized contract, but in the, in the trades, but I know those men and women love to hustle <laughs> and make a couple bucks and they have some highly valued uh, skills. If you're a great marketer and you've got some friends that are, you know, are, are plumbers or mechanics or whatever, and you're like, hey, you know what, let's like throw a little band together, see if we can get a little chop shop or something that's going to be able to do some, I, I, I use chop shop in the positive light, not the negative, um, that, that can do some good for the community and help people out there looking for, uh, you know, cheaper oil change or detailing job as well as like, you know, something in your home or whatever, like just, you could take the skill of how you grew your business in as a woodworker or maker or whatever, and help other people with, with, I look at it as higher level skills than you and apply another aspect of your business too. Like don't, yeah. don't get, don't get single-minded that like I must build dining tables out of right. white oak only. Like, yeah, yeah like this your, is where you business like, is materially open gonna, the mind can materially change. And you, you could grow a whole new business out of it. Like exactly what yeah. you said, John, there's plenty of businesses that have been born out of, uh, not even necessity, but opportunity. Absolutely. Our boy. And, and you'll see that your boy, our boy, Grant Cardone loves, Grant Cardone. loves a recession. <laughs> Yes, he does. Because what you essentially like, so uh, there's a book out there. It's called uh, 10X. It's by Grant Cardone. I don't know, we've talked about it on the show, I think. We have. Brad yeah. Brad recently, uh, I think you saw him speak a couple, a month or so ago, right? No, he was not. No, he wasn't at that. He wasn't when I was in, um, when I was in Vegas uh, a couple of weeks ago. That was they, Tony Robbins. They, was at the uh, that was another, another phenomenal, phenomenal guy and a big real estate 
you know, recession, low, yeah. low, uh, excuse me, low economy investor strategies, blah, blah, blah. Both of them are phenomenal. But um, Grant Cardone specifically in a recession is like, this is when the <laughs> rubber meets the road. Like you grit your teeth and you buckle up and you just go as absolutely hard at it as you possibly can. Because if it works now, you know it's going to work when it's good. And right. uh, and you just put the work in when and you essentially take the mindset that like, how can I go from if I made 50 bucks today, how can I make 500 tomorrow? Like, where can my effort go in order to make things phenomenal and then just hit, you know, hit the ground running, like get get gritty with it and just go hard at the work. Um, we, we all tend to sit here and think in, in good times and Brad and I are very bad at this uh, of new ways to do things and, and all and innovate and move and pivot and all that kind of stuff. When, when there's still so much opportunity and there always is opportunity in just diving so deep that, that no one, processes. no one can see yeah. you anymore. Right. Like <laughs> just, just Going buried, it, buried in it. And that's what uh, I was having a conversation with a guy at workbench con and, and one of my big things now that I'm really getting into uh, is exactly what that is, John, is is doubling down. And this has been hugely successful for me in growing the social media side of my business. So like when I find something that works, I just like, pfft, like I'm just going to do that until like I'm just going to keep squeezing that that orange until like all the juice is out of it. Uh, and the same type. Yeah. Thing. Like, and this then is you not squeeze a time. the oil out of the peel. <laughs> but this is not a time to get fancy. If something is working, you you double down on it, whether that's a lead generation uh, or, you know, a process to do things fat, like whatever that or a certain product, you j- you double down because doubling down on on whatever is working, um, you can't go wrong there uh, until you run out of opportunity, like, you know, dig that well as fast as you can until you run out of water, right? And then keep your eyes peeled, you know, and that that extra 10% uh, uh, that you're not doubling down to just make sure that you're keeping your eyes on the horizon to say like, okay, you know, if this stops working, what do I do next? Or if it just goes back to normal, but double down is is a huge mantra that I've been, that I've been really living by uh, from a business perspective for a while now. And I think like, I don't know, like let's hit on also, um, as we start coming up here, rounding this out, let's, let's hit a little bit on the content creation too. So I think the biggest, you know, it's easy to talk about the products and that stuff. We have a lot of those listeners, but we also have a lot of listeners who are, um, trying to do the side hustle, trying to get in content creation. And so now, you know, what does this mean for content creation, if anything? And yes, it, it means definitely something because what's going to happen is that all these companies, uh, first of all, a lot of these tool manufacturing companies, people that are in our space, we're already reeling from the trade war with China, mm-hmm. right? They're already cutting back. And I've seen that firsthand uh, with, you know, contracts uh, evaporating or people just being like, well, we, we know we have to slow down. Not sure. Budgets are under under review, et cetera, et cetera. Now, right on the back end of that, we're hitting this, you know, this economy slowdown. And whether we hit a recession or not, whatever that's going to look like, we don't know yet. Um, but what's going to happen is that's going to trickle down because one of the first things that always gets cut, and it and it typically is the worst thing you should be cutting, but uh, is marketing. Marketing. And so marketing dollars flow from all these companies, flow directly into YouTube, into Google for web pages, into Facebook, 
And that's how, you know, and I know not a lot of us make that money through YouTube ad revenue, but that will start going away. And at the same point, like YouTube ad revenue is directly related to sponsorship deals, the same type thing. It's just companies investing their money differently, investing directly with you versus running an ad on YouTube. So um, the money that companies are going to have to shell out to, you know, quote unquote, influencers, uh, that that's going to reduce. And so it's going to be hard. It's going to be a lot harder if you're just starting out and you don't have those relationships. Uh, frankly, you're going to be the first ones cut if you're if you're either just starting out a relationship or trying to make headway like it's it's going to get tough. This is not the time uh, that you're going to be able to land this big deal. I don't believe unless you've really done hard work and really done something special to get there already. Yeah. Or if you're bringing something to the table that's so different and so, you know, uh, valuable to that brand um, that it is an actual, <laughs> you know, uh, it, what's the word? Man, am I, I'm struggling late with the words, <laughs> struggling late with the words. Yeah, just but you an become, opportunity for them that well, you, that they didn't have already, that you're going to, what they're going to want more is sales, right? So that's, uh, you know, you're, it's gonna be harder to sell people on impressions because they're going to know like, okay, impressions don't mean as much anymore. Uh, what you're going to have to do is be like, yo, here's this code that you use Maleki 25. And, uh, I move 25% off of yeah. X many products. There's gonna be a lot more of that. Uh, because yeah. in, in a down economy, impressions don't mean as much because the conversion is lower. So yes, yeah, nailed that. And what I was trying to get at was that if you're bringing so much value to a brand when they're when they're looking at budgets, it's all on a it's spreadsheets, right? It's 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 in presentations. Brad's Brad's been in a thousand of those meetings, and um, and and when these things are coming down, you need to stand out on paper. You need to be the guy that's jumping, the guy or girl that's jumping off of the screen or off of the the board or whatever the, the, the person that is reporting to somebody else is doing, cause they're fighting for their job in there. And if they're going to fight for you, you better be giving them a, a really, really good reason. And what I was trying to lean on earlier was that, um, you know, if you're if, in our space as an, in the influencer space and other verticals specifically, um, you know, it's a much different world. Like there's, there's a lot less integration. There's a lot less, uh, passive product placement. There's a lot less, um, you know, just general jargon and, and banter over brands specifically brands. Are, it's, it's, we live in a, in a really weird, weird world here as makers. Um, but with that, you got to look at yourself individually and your business, your brand, and, and figure out how, what's your differentiation point and how can you go and do exactly what Brad said, double down on that uh, part of the business instead of trying to go look at the competition and talk them down, right? I'm better than this person because of blah, or I do this because of blah. Like if you're, if you're phenomenal at selling or, or building brand, or building brand awareness that is a convertible, um, then do exactly what Brad said. Figure out a way to track every little link and interaction you have with your mm -hmm. audience and how do you make that a, a valuable aspect to a brand, not just tracking impressions and um, general just, you know, awareness. Um, or if, you, if, if that's what you do, um, you better be bringing it, you better be bringing all the value, right? If your contract's for five, you better be bringing 10. If you're supposed to be doing two, you're doing 20, like whatever it is, you go that extra mile to be like, this dude is working so hard for our brand, like there's no way we can cut him, um, and or and be that guy. You you need to make yourself when when I was trying. <laughs> it's funny because 
it's it's like a it's like a uh, look back in time and history and makes you realize how cyclical life is. But when I was uh, when I was trying to make it on the team in the NFL, um, a lot of the times you'd show up, you'd be low man on the totem pole. No one's ever heard of you. No one really cares about you. You're just filling a slot on a roster that they needed a, a warm body to fill for for that week or, or whatever happens. And when I got on with the Steelers, uh, it was literally because a dude just had a, had a mental breakdown on the field and walked off. Uh, he just quit. And I lived 20 minutes away and my agent happened to be James Harrison's agent. And he was like, I got a kid. He could be there in 25 minutes. And I showed up <laughs> and I literally, I showed up and signed a contract. And, um, it like, it's, it doesn't make, it should be, it's like in a novel, right? Like that's a movie, but that was exactly how it happened. But anyway, I get there and you, I looked at the situation. I was like, there is no chance I'm making this team. They just went to the Super Bowl. Like they've got their, their backup center started the Super Bowl because he was so good when their starting center who went to the pro Bowl got hurt. I was like, I'm not making this team. And uh, every single day I tried to find a way to make myself as absolutely invaluable as possible. Like what can I do more than anyone else is willing to do? So I was running down on kickoffs and, you know, long snap, short snap, um, I'm getting on punt team, uh, you know, trying to do an I was hopping in uh, in positions for walkthroughs and stuff that nobody else was like doing. I would I would go and play defensive line and whatever I could do to just literally be the guy that they were like, well, he well, we can't lose him, you know. And and so you got to make yourself noticeable to these brands. You got to make yourself so valuable to these brands that they keep you. And what ended up happening was at the end of the season, at the end of a preseason, they were like, we, this kid just works. We're going to keep him on practice squad. And, you know, I ended up safe sticking around for the next couple of years. Um, but they would have never noticed me if I wasn't like literally on everything um, yeah. and, and trying to do everything. Right. And, and so I Putting look at the these brand point. situations the same way. And I'm, and Brad and I were talking, um, you know, privately a, a day or two ago. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm going so hard at X, Y, and Z because, you know, the times are going to be changing and, and, you know, our, our, it's getting lazy and sloppy and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I feel like I'm not doing enough. Um, what a perfect time to prove yourself to yourself and to the brands that you're working with. If you're an influencer, uh, then right now, and it'll honestly 100%. be ironic because if, if anyone does actually go out there and implement this one, I'd love to know. We'd both love to know because yes. we love that hustle, but two, uh, uh, it, when we're all competing for attention in this world, that's what it's about. Right. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if we can find anyone. I like, we know, we know there's some people out there that outwork us on platforms like day in and day out. And it's super admirable. 100%. 100%. Uh, love to see that just continue, even go harder at it when it's coming to coming to a hard time that we know could potentially be on the horizon. And it's the same type thing. Like the people who are with, uh, you know, the people that work with those brands and, um, you know, are with them are the ones on the flip side that are going to be held in, in the best light. Right. And they're going to be like, you didn't, you know, appreciate all you did for us. I know we had to cut your contract back or like we weren't able to give you what we said we were going to give you. Uh, but you stuck with us and, you know, and then the flip side of that is that, uh, you know, they cut you and you never see them or hear from them again. And that's happened to me as well. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta be careful with it because, uh, you know, you might invest all that time and then they're just like, yeah, sorry, we, we, we don't have any money. Like we're, we're done with influencer marketing altogether. And, <laughs> and that, that happens. Um, I know. But you feel experience. good at the end of it, right? I mean, like, but you feel good at the end you of leave it and everything you build on the something table. else. Yep. Right. Because you're not, you know, and, and we're not we're not talking about being a shill or just like no. postering everything with certain brands names. We're talking about, uh, you know, 
really honing in on producing quality content. Uh, and just so happens that, you know, quality content supporting sponsors is should be nonetheless quality content. And so that type thing that it should make you better. Yeah. And, and that's the whole thing. I, I think, you know, to, to wrap it up is use the time, use these hard times to get better. Use these hard times to, to squeeze out the fat in your business, to squeeze out the inefficiencies, to get better, uh, both from a business standpoint, as well as personally, you know, to to check yourself in the mirror and say, you know, what are the things that I can be doing better, more efficiently to cut cost or be a better salesperson or whatever those things are uh, that, you know, what better time than now, because that will serve you. Like you said, John, if you if you can make it in the, the hard times, the good times are going to be cake and you're going to be that much well poised coming out of it. So, you know, I, I think that's what we would leave you with is is really um, just take, you know, take a take a, an hour, a half day, whatever you need to like really sit down and go through your business and think about what are the, what are all those things that are on the uh, I should do list? And then like, what are those things that are really important that you need to do now? And so if you do have time that like you lost a job and all of a sudden 10 hours freed up, like what could you invest that in, in your business to make yourself stronger and better, uh, you know, reduce costs, go look at all your subscriptions and all those things and start cutting those things out and, and being more efficient, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Get lean and get gritty. I want to see nothing but filth and dirt and muck and, and, and grime and everyone just covered in the the hard parts of their business and and (laughs) getting through this. And because we're, that's when you come through that, nothing, nothing feels better. Uh, And I, and I promise you it'll feel, feel better for the, we're in it together. You know, we're, this is, it's going to affect both of myself, Brad, MFP, the whole team, all of our patrons, tribes, sponsors, all of it together and we're all in this as a, as a unit and we're all in this to bring the entire ship up um to make it better and, and get through hard times so uh solid episode really really good stuff here we know it's extremely time sensitive and topical and we typically don't do that uh except for maybe a platform uh, but if you've got any tips tricks insights uh or just general uh non-political comments <laughs> go ahead and hop in our facebook group and 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 uh and let everyone hear it um we'd love to hear your opinions on how you how you plan on surviving or thriving i'd love that in these uh in what what's to come here in the future at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash made for profit tribe uh the i can't i can't imagine there's a better conversation about business in the maker community than there is right there in that tribe no, hundred percent, and it, it'll be a great place uh, when you are running into those things that you're not sure how to handle. A great place to throw those questions out and get some answers. All right, guys. Well, we're gonna head over to the after show, and uh, we will catch you guys on the next episode. Peace. Peace. Wear your dust mask. <laughs>